We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning, everybody. Happy Tuesday, April 18th. Hope you got your taxes in. It's tax day. Yeah, see, it keeps it topical. I'm telling you what day it is. It's the 18th. Maybe there's one of you knuckle nuts that are like, oh, crap, forgot to do my taxes. Uh, my taxes are going to be probably a disaster this year. Last year was pretty smooth. Uh, this year, yeah. Didn't make a little bit of money tonight, my friends. Uh, not only was I on writer Than You on Monday, but I also was the PA guy for the Shorewood girls soccer team on a very chilly night. We got some soccer action in congratulations to Shorewood beating Brown deer three, nothing. So always good to give back to my local community. I mean, they did also pay me, but I felt like I was giving back, you know, it, it feels, feels pretty good. We talk some uh, bucks here, obviously, as the follow continues with their game one loss. It looks like Giannis is on track to play any x-ray or MRI or anything bad that could have been negative. Uh, it's all negative, so that's positive. So he should be on track to play. Tyler Hero going to miss the rest of the series. Um, and so, I, you know, we can argue who's more important to what team, if you're Reggie Miller or not, but Bucks getting a couple of days here to – Try to relax and figure things out. How about the Miami Heat? What do you do if you're the Heat? What what did they do? I saw somebody ran into him. One of the weather guys from Fox 6 ran into him, maybe at a gym or something. Monday, and it's cold as balls. So Monday, what did they do? Tuesday, where do you go? You know, Wednesday, you got another game. What, what, do, what do you do when for two for two whole days, not only are you in Milwaukee and a in a foreign land, I just wonder what you do. Uh, when it's cold, uh, do they go to the Betty Brin? I mean, where, where are these guys going? Uh, Pato? I guess I'd just sit at Pato all day, practice a little bit. Brewers are out of town, can't go there. We will talk some Brewers on today's pod. How about that? All right, so the Bucks are going to play the Heat again on Wednesday night, and we will go live after that one, thanks to our guy Dan Shaney. Dan Shaney Insurance, danshaney.com. Dan uh, brings us the, the stream. So every time we have a YouTube video, every time that we're live, it's uh, because of him. And I do appreciate everybody that jumped on uh, the YouTube live that we did the other night. It's good to instantly get some of that out. Um, you know, I just I feel a little deja vu with where we were. I feel like I, I so in the moment after you watch game one, you're a little upset, right? They lost. It sucks. But when talking to people on Monday and, and even this morning, if the Bucks come up when you're on the elevator, wherever you are, you can't be like that concerned. My guy KJ, Aloha KJ, I saw him commenting the other night and we're tweeting a little bit. KJ, KJ's giving me the same concerns. KJ, we did this song and dance two years ago. You freaked out. You said they shot so well. I said, don't worry about it. I think the Bucks will win the finals. I still, I still like their chances. I'm not as confident as I was two years ago. Um, you know, the Suns worry me, even though the Suns lost to the Clippers in Game One. Oh, I, also, I, I want to admit this too, 
because I don't know if I've admitted, uh, admitted it here or not. I'm a Russell Westbrook guy. I love Russ. I, I absolutely love Russ. He is awesome. He went three for 17 the other night and then made a big defensive play, knocked down a couple of throws, and won the game. Russ always gets shit on from everybody, from every team he's ever on. Uh, you, did you see he went into the so, some club at halftime? Well, I'd be pumped too. If I ever was it that close to Russell Westbrook, I would just shit all over him and uh, just to get the chance for him to, to meet me. That's what I would want to do. All right, some bucks. Voicemail's coming in. I'm going to get this one here from Brick in West Dallas. And if anyone can help Brick out... People helping people. That's the theme of this pod. Here's Brick from West Dallas on the Carl's Place voicemail line. Hey, Bart. It's Brick from West Dallas. Calling. I just finished listening to the postgame show from the Sunday game. I just had a couple questions for, that maybe you could help me out with. Um, first off, I wanted to say that even though we lost, hopefully Yonks is okay. It's obviously number one. But I saw a few good things. Uh, Chris Middleton playing well is a great sign. Yeah, we like like you said a little bit better from three, but I was I was happy with the fact that he was making tough contested shots and also making contested shots like through contact, which is one of the harder things to simulate in practice when coming back from injury. It's just the contact and still being able to you know, pop up and make a shot at the end one, all that fun stuff. Uh, Bobby bringing the energy, playing really well off the bench. That was a great great thing to see. I think he's going to be huge in this playoff run, um, especially if Johnson has to miss some time in this series. But my next, so this is more of a question for maybe you or the diehard NBA guys that that are part of this group, because um, I'm a Bucks fan, and then I kind of pay attention to the headlines of the NBA. Nothing more than that. Why, when the Bucks are down, you know, nine, ten, twelve points with like three minutes left, why are they not pressing at least challenging and harassing? on the inbound after a make. I don't understand. There's no pressure. They let him take the ball up, kill another 10 to 15 seconds without any any sort of pressure. I just, I don't know what the reason would be. Maybe other, someone else can tell me the strategy that I don't understand. But especially when you have a guy like Jerron Carter, who's kind of, it was reminds me of like a nap when he plays on-ball defense. He's just, he might not get a steal or really, you know, alter anyone's path that much, but, he seems to be very, like, annoying to the ball carrier because he's just up in their face, moving, he's quick, he's hard to get around. Um, and that, you know, that leads to mental mistakes and, you know, turnovers in that way or just at least harder shooting because he's in their head. I don't know. Just just wondering why people think that that's not really an option and maybe that's NBA-wide. I don't know. How that I'm rambling. Uh, last thing, um, I love the people helping people. Uh, angle it's like infrastructure times two week where we're building new bridges instead of just you know repairing old ones um and that being said i did lose my job back in march so if anyone's looking for someone with project management experience in the creative video production advertising marketing world uh let me know because i am currently looking for work and currently just teaching in the area for the time being but figure i'd plug myself but i appreciate the podcast i listen to it every day I hope everyone has the, out there has the day they deserve, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye. So, Brick needs a job. If people want to help people, uh, Brick's looking for some work, and uh, I'll be the connector of that. We're trying to make we're trying to make the Bart Winkler show like the modern day classifieds. That's what we're trying to do. I mean, we're all we're all rooting for the same stuff, so let's help each other out. Uh, I like that. All right, Brick. Good luck to you. I'd hire you, but uh, I don't. I I I don't have. A, I, I can't. Okay, so with the Bucks again, they've got the Heat night two. I do hope that the crowd, and I'm not going to these games, so I don't want to be like, you know, too much of a dick about it. But leaving early is just a bad look. The Bucks. I, I don't know. I don't know why they didn't press as hard. It did seem like the game was only like a 10-point game for the final five minutes. It just seemed like everyone was resigned to this being the outcome of the game. And I'm not I'm not questioning their energy and effort. It just seemed like the Bucks the whole night just seemed like, yeah, we're going to lose game one. 
Oh, Giannis is hurt. All right, we're going to lose game one. Bobby came and brought some energy for a while. That was good, but everyone else just kind of went through the motions. It was, it was weird. Hot take Jay calling. Again, the Carl's Place voicemail line, 402-915-BART, 402-915-BART. Carl's Place bringing you the voicemails each and every day, and a good amount of them today. I really appreciate when you guys do that, share your thoughts. You know, you can chime in on the lives. Maybe you'd rather do it this way, whatever. Just want to get as many of your voices as possible since, uh, you know, you may, you may call my voicemail line, and I might not get to it for three days, but at least there's someone still in this town taking calls in some sort of way. Hot take Jake. Uh, here he is again on the Carl's Place voicemail line at 402-915-BART. That's 2278. You can check out Carl's Place at my website, bartwinklershow.com, and also carloft.com backslash Bart, check out some of the golf simulators, improve your game this summer. Here's Jake. Good morning, bud. This is your boy, Hot Take Jake. Listening back to the end of the podcast after the game one loss to Milwaukee. And look, man, I understand you're kind of like the calming influence for a lot of Bucks Nation here. You had the chairs, that whole deal. It was like two all. It doesn't matter. We're winning this thing. I get it. But you got to understand a couple things. Number one, like, Besides the, the Giannis years where it was Toronto and then it was the bubble and like the Bucks just found new ways to kind of get our hopes up and then let it just tear it apart. Uh, this is a fan base that had to deal with just horrendous, you know, close to 25 years of mediocrity before anything significant happened. So like we have that in the back of our minds, but I also caution you a little bit because you were saying to some guy that used to be on your podcast, uh, I think it's Kyle Gass, um, that, hey, two years ago we won the title. Guys, don't freak out. We're used to this. But I do caution you because in 2013, you probably could have said, guys, we've got the best football player on the planet on our team, R-E-L-A-X. They just won the Super Bowl two years ago. Everything's going to be fine. And we all know how that turned out. So, you got to give us a little bit of leeway here for expecting the worst. So that's all I got to say. Other than that, man, can't wait to hear you on national radio, not like one of these local schlubs that just gets up on the airways and mucks everything up. So good for you, Barty. Talk to you soon, buddy. Love you. Well, love you too. And I will be on the radio again nationally in for Bill Ryder on Wednesday. Bill, so what's great is that Bill uh, is filling in for Jim Rome a little bit, so I get to fill in for Bill. And then my wife's like, well, why don't you just fill in for Jim Rome? I was like, hey, I'm going ta- I'm, 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 I'm to take whatever they give me. Also, uh, she's right. Why don't they just have me fill in for the Rome? Yeah, I can I can do softball guy. Uh okay, so Jake, I disagree with that. Now there is a couple of different conversations to be had here. I was talking with someone the other day about how, you know, how much of a must-win title is this for the Bucks? And that kind of seems crazy, but we're in this period where we rip on or are upset with the fact that Brett Favre, they only won one Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers, they only won one Super Bowl. When you have a world-class talent like that and you only get one title, is that a failure? And right now in the moment, I don't think those conversations need to be or should be had. We can, like, five years from now, if the Bucks didn't get a second title, we can start to look at, well, how did you not win a title with, uh, with Giannis? And we'll look at, like, you know, the year they lost to Toronto and then the year Middleton got hurt and the bubble year and – and we can probably start to run through some of these losses the way we can with the Packers. But I think that is a conversation for me from the future. And me from the future will look back and say, Bart, you should have been having that conversation now. I, I'm not ready to do it. Because I still believe there will be another championship with Giannis in a Bucks jersey. And, and I don't want to have the conversation until we have to have it. But again, it's with, with the NBA, and to, to Jake's point, the Bucks have been bad for so long. The Packers is a little different. Uh, Favre, we, we don't criticize Favre as much.
for only getting one Super Bowl. We criticize Rodgers, and then we lumped the two together to say two in 30 years because Favre gave us a Super Bowl, and, every, you know, Leroy, everybody, but you know what I'm saying, after 30 years of suck. So to give us one, and then Rodgers came after Favre. If we get after Giannis, if Giannis plays here forever and then retires, and then we get someone who's even better than Giannis, and then he only gives the Bucks one, he'll that'll be a disappointment under the same theory that I'm saying with the Packers. Now, with the Bucks too, I just I think the biggest thing is we don't know how to watch the NBA playoffs. We know very much how to watch the NFL playoffs. It's winner go home. We don't know how to watch the NBA playoffs. We're so used to any time like think of all these teams that have that have played in the playoffs. The Brewers hardly ever there for the first half of my life. The Bucks whatever they usually stink the playoffs to us have been you know ncaa basketball one and done or the nfl one and done and i think we still we still get into that trap now we know they play on wednesday night again but we're, we're not we don't know how to watch the watching the nba playoffs is different than watching the nfl playoffs there are ebbs and flows there's going to be nights where it seems like holy shit we're never going to win a basketball game again and the Bucs are going to go out there and win by 20 on Wednesday. And even if the Bucs lose on Wednesday by some way, shape, or how, it still doesn't mean that the series is over. They've been down 2-0 to a lot better teams. I'm not sitting here being the guy that's saying, guys, relax, they're going to win the championship. I did that. I just think, relax, they're going to win this series in five. And even if it's not five, six. Oh, my God, maybe seven. They're winning the series. Uh, I put out parade chairs a few years ago. I told uh, Sarah on Twitter, I'll eat a parade chair if they don't win this series. I will eat a chair. I'll start with the leg, just ingest it into my throat. They're not losing the series. So I don't know what the freak out is. Now, if you watch game one and you think, oh, shit, they're never going to beat the Celtics like this. Well, it's still, these games are so, they're their own thing. Remember when they lost to the Nets by 40 points in game two and they came back in one game three? Like, you just have to, we just got like, there's only so much panic and so much emotion that we physically have before our body will shut down. We got to save a little bit of it. Don't expend it all after game one of a series to a Heat team that you may have seen all the stats. They shot way more. Uh, than expected. It was like their best playoff shooting three-point night ever. They had an um, expected three-point shooting of like plus 18. Guys were making shots in spots they shouldn't have been making them. It was, And we've seen this before, right? We've seen this before. But in this case, I think everything is fine. I think I think we'll all be fine. It's the Bucks and it's the Heat. You know, we get to a play, we get to a series where they're down 1-0 to the Celtics. If they lose a game at home, that's different. The Heat fucking stink. And they'll show that on Wednesday night. So I'm not too concerned about that. Happy Place Hemp. Promo code is BART. You can get that promo code every single time you order with Happy Place Hemp. Whether you want to do the sampler pack, see what you like, see what works. Then get a bigger order the next time around. It's 25% off every single time. That, hey, you know what a good sampler pack is? Buy one of everything. How about that? Sample it that way. 25% off. No matter what you buy uh, when you go there, whether it's the tinctures or the creams, the gummies, obviously the most popular. Uh, might need to take a CBD, CBN um, in the recording of this show. It's going to be a late night. Uh, with watching the Warriors, I mean Brewers. I, I'm staying up to watch the Brewers. Uh, obviously, the, 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 not the Warriors. I, I would just stay up to watch the Brewers anyway. But we'll talk some Brewers coming up. We'll talk some uh, Warriors maybe. Happyplacehemp.com. The promo code is Bart. Happyplacehemp.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What I want to do here is I did talk to Steve Sparky Pfeiffer on Bill Ryder's show. And so from 9.20 to 9.30 on Monday morning, Bart Winkler and Steve Sparky Pfeiffer in a studio in the 1250 building. We were on the radio on 1250. But if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it, it doesn't make a sound. So I do want to play that on this podcast to get Sparky's takes, which a couple of them uh, are interesting. He is on the thinking that Giannis should not play on Wednesday at all even if he's healthy. So he'll explain that. And then he's got a football take on Rogers that I would have pressed him a little bit more on it. And maybe, you know, maybe I can come on one of his podcasts soon. I guess I got the green light for that. Maybe I'll have him back on here, but he thinks that the longer this goes with Rogers, the more leverage the jets have. And I didn't really get before I get criticism for, I didn't really get a chance to respond because as they say in radio, we were up against it. So uh, I do enjoy talking with Sparky anytime. He is a wizard of name dropping the podcast uh, that he is doing with the fans. So I talked to Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, talked to him about these bucks and we're in agreement, at least on that part that uh, do not worry. The heat are terrible. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, longtime Milwaukee sportsman with 1250 AM. The fan in Milwaukee joins me in milwaukee steve how you doing buddy doing good how are you bart well i'm good i think with the bucks losing yesterday i feel like it's a little bit of deja vu as a bucks guy who talks down constantly to bucks fans mm-hmm. in terms of how they should treat this the playoffs are not like i said for the faint of heart there are ebbs and flows to this thing and i'm not too worried as a bucks fan as just a casual observer of the Bucks losing game one because the Heat, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, the Heat are no good to me. I was listening to the uh, DA show uh, this morning because we carry that here on 1250 AM fan uh, as well. And I was ready to pull my hair out listening to him talk about how, oh, the Easter Conference playoffs, uh, and landscape changed with Miami beating the Bucks and so forth. Stop. They shot 60%. They didn't shoot more than, I think, 50%, more than a handful of times all year. They were like 27th in three-point shooting throughout the season. The Bucks shot 24, some, 24%, just under 25% from three. The odds of them shooting 60% from three again in this series is slim to none. Maybe they do it one more time, but that's about the extent of it. Listen, this Bucks team can and will beat this Miami Heat team with or without Giannis. Uh, at the end of the day, there's just no chance. They're not as deep as the Milwaukee Bucks. Now with Tyler Hero being out for the Miami Heat, again, Milwaukee zone, Whitnell zone, whatever you want to call them, uh, that's a big factor for them as well. So I'm not concerned about this this series at all, none at all. And then Cleveland or New York, yeah, that's that's a winning series. <laughs> and then it's Boston or Philadelphia. And if it's Boston, I think that'll be a, a bit of a challenge, obviously, for the Bucks and probably be a seven-game series. Well, I think back to last year, and I think back to, because it seems like with the Bucks, there's always this situation. The stat that I had was Coach Bud with the Bucks in any game besides game one, 33 and 15 in the playoffs. Yep. In game ones, Budenholzer at the helm is five and seven. They, for whatever reason, are bad in those games. And there are a lot of these outlier games if you go through it. I think we can just remember, oh, I, I just, the phrase when watching a Bucks game, and the phrase, they'll never shoot like that again. We've said that before. The Celtics were a team, and the Raptors were a team. That was bad fleet for the Raptors. Yeah. yeah, and the Celtics with Al Horford. We've said that before, yeah. and then they didn't really cool off. 
But this is the the Miami Heat are not the Toronto Raptors from a few years ago, and they're not the Boston Celtics. So I know that everybody's going to see this one game and think, oh, my God, landscape changed. Kevin Love is not getting 18 points a game the rest of the series. They are not, and now Tyler Hero's hurt, right. and you're not going to get it from Jimmy Neutron Duncan Robinson anymore. So, and he's a liability on defense. I think if the Heat were any good, that game would have been over in the third quarter. The Bucks still had a realistic shot to come back in the game. They just couldn't make their shots. Well, again, that's, you know, we were talking about this on the Green and Run podcast that I do with Nathan Marzion. If you just say, okay, the Heat shoot really good from three. Let's say the Heat shoot 50% from three, which is still really good. 50% is a good number from three-point range. And let's say the Bucks shoot like, I don't know, 35% from three. The Bucks win that game going away by eight or ten points. If you just bring the numbers down to more realistic uh, type numbers. I, the other part of this, too, is Drew Holiday wasn't very good in that game. I mean, he did wasn't. And... Normally, for Drew Holiday, uh, who a lot of people will say is underrated in the NBA, uh, when Giannis or Middleton are out, that's when Drew Holiday's offensive game gets going. And for whatever the reason, he couldn't get it going. The other thing, I guess if you're going to say something was concerning, was just how they were missing the shots towards the end of the game. A lot of front rim stuff, right? That's normally a sign of dead legs or being tired. This was a team coming off like a week of rest. Uh, to to be in that sh- that position, you would have thought Miami would have run out of gas by the end of that game because they had played a, a lot more recently than the Bucks had, and the Bucks would be fresh. Uh, but that clearly wasn't the the situation going forward. If I'm Milwaukee, I don't play Giannis on Wednesday. I let him sit and rest and just figure we can win that game without Giannis, uh, and then get Giannis ready to play Game One in Miami, which isn't until Saturday. So you can give him six days off to rest his tailbone, his back, uh, whatever the case may be. Uh, and get ready to play. I think they can beat him without Giannis, especially if you have a game plan ready. Remember, they took care of the Hawks numerous times without Giannis uh, on the championship run when they won and won the NBA championship. It's not the first time they would play without Giannis in a playoff series, and they were successful before, and they'll be successful again. Against my better judgment, uh, I'm going to ask you a question. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, 1250 AM, the fan in Milwaukee. Regarding Aaron Rodgers. Come on, man. You said we were going to talk about the damn Bucks. Why do I got to talk about Rodgers? We got a long podcast, by the way, Packers podcast I do with Ryan Horvath. We got to talk about Rodgers because every time I talk to anyone ever, they ask me about Rodgers. I'm getting texts from my grandma. You know, what, what's going on with Aaron Rodgers? And what I'm asking you is it's been a month since he said, I want to play with the Jets. It's, it's been a month. I still, as a Packer guy, I don't want them to make this trade before the draft. I want them to really squeeze everything out of the Jets that they can get. The Jets are the ones saying he's coming. The Jets are the ones signing his backup. The Jets are the ones signing Alan Lazard. The Packers are going to start Jordan Love week one. I don't care if Rodgers shows up or not. He's not showing up. That would embarrass the hell out of him. So I don't think... Brett showed up for family night years ago, Brett Favre. I, and who got embarrassed? Favre. Well, maybe, but he forced their hand. I, and Rodgers could show up to a mandatory OTA, whether they wanted him to be there or not and make him feel uncomfortable. Could show up at training camp, sit on the sidelines, make him feel uncomfortable, take some pressure on him to make a deal. For me, I think this Packers front office has failed across the board in how they, they handled this whole thing. If you want to trade Aaron Rodgers, then fine, trade Aaron Rodgers. I got no problem with that. Then you go and you find, open it up, to the spectrum of the NFL. Whoever wants Aaron Rodgers, let's hear your offers. Then you, the Green Bay Packers front office, you come to terms with two or three teams on trade compensation of what it's going to be. Then you go to Aaron Rodgers and say, Aaron, these three teams we got a deal worked out with. Figure out which one you want to play with, and you're on your way. Instead, (laughs) they go, where do you want to go? The Jets? Oh, sure, yeah. Woody and all you guys, sure. Go on out to California, go meet with them. We'll worry about compensation later. It'll be fine. So then they send them out there, and then they think they're getting close to compensation, according to the reports. And then Woody Johnson sees this thing on Pat McAfee's show about being 90% retired, and, oh, well, maybe he'll only play here a year. Has your head been buried in the sand for the last five years to think he'd play there for more than one year to begin with? So now this whole thing is a mess. So after that happened, what, then the next step should have been from the Packers should have been, you got two weeks. You have until April 13th to tell us whether or not you're going to do a deal or not. If not, we're not saying we won't do a deal with you, but we are saying is we're going to open up to the rest of the NFL. We got two weeks then to make a deal before the NFL draft this year. They didn't do that either. 
So once you get past the draft, I don't know, man. Like to me, it, it, it feels more like it starts leaning towards the Jets then because the Packers don't want him on this roster come week one of the NFL season. Then there's Jets are in really no hurry at that point. And then Jets can just sit back and go, cool, we'll just have Zach Wilson play the OTAs and kind of play this out uh, and see what happens. Because once you get to D-Day at the end of August, then what? The Jets are going to be like, we'll give you a seventh. We'll give you a seventh-round pick because you're not going to pay that bonus. So now it'll be a seventh-round pick. The Jets are going to gain more and more leverage, I think, the closer this gets to week one of the NFL season, the farther away it gets from this draft. Them getting draft pick compensation on April 27th and 28th I think should be a big, big deal for the Green Bay Packers. Doesn't appear it is, but it should be. I think the Jets should have just signed Derek Carr but Derek or Carr. trade for Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson would have made a lot of sense. I don't yes. know why they're so hung up on a guy that I, only wants to play football because he doesn't know but Bart, who he is without the sport. But, Bart, what happens? They've had two twos. And they've got their pick at 13. What happens if they go screaming up into the top four and take a quarterback and tell the Packers, we're good, we don't need Aaron anymore? Then what? What then will Brian well, Gutekunst say to that? Well, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Think about it. They could. S- Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. It's got me questioning everything I've been thinking about Aaron Rodgers. Steve, always good to see you, buddy. Always fun. Always good, as you just heard Steve and I exchange our pleasantries to talk with Sparky. And if I had a little more time... We could talk more about the leverage thing. I think where I would have then gone is we're talking about the Jets here. Like, he sh- Sparky should be right. The Jets should have more leverage. They should be telling the world they're in on Lamar Jackson. They should be doing a lot more than they are. They shouldn't have flown out to meet Rodgers and then parked his front of his house so we could get it in video. Joe Douglas shouldn't have told the crowd, Aaron Rodgers is coming here. Like, everything they do is dumber than the last thing they did. So that's something that I hope, uh, and Sparky knows, I am awaiting an invite on Curtin Long. Still a great name. Uh, I would love to talk to those boys about some Packers and hope to do some more of that with him in the future. Let's talk about your beloved Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, The first thing I'll do is, and they did win in Seattle on Monday night. The first thing I'll do is I did not see much of the Padres series. And I had a hard time, even uh, on Monday night. Like, I, you know, I wanted to watch the Warriors. Warriors lost to the Kings, so now they're down 0-2. Ugh, yikes. Barty might have been wrong about that one. I thought the Warriors would at least get one on the road. I've been telling you, hey, it doesn't matter they're bad on the road. Uh, maybe it does. But they'll go back to uh, Chase Center in game three. And we'll see what happens there when the Warriors come back. But the Kings, man, they are they are taking every punch from Golden State. They are taking every punch from Golden State. And they're answering with like two punches of their own. And they're also taking every kick in the gut. Uh, Draymond, <laughs> like I tweeted last night, is if you're someone that's defended Draymond his whole career, as I have done, you got you to gotta laugh to keep from crying because this guy is, this guy is, uh, this guy's something else. All right. So the Brewers series against the Padres on Thursday, they won an extras 4 3. They win big on Friday, 11 2. They lose on Saturday in the day game, 10 3. And then on Sunday, how about that performance out of Wade Miley? Seven innings, throws 89 pitches, strikes out eight, just four hits. So a really impressive game from Wade Miley. And he may need to be the guy to uh, to pick things up for a minute. But the Padres series, I didn't watch much of it. We know our guy Brett and Tosa did. Here's the recap. Another Carl's Place voicemail. Hey, Bart. Just want to do a little Brewers recap here after this, this series win in San Diego. What a, what a hell of a start to the season. I mean, you, you sweep the Mets, take three out of four in San Diego. Six out of seven against the Mets and, and Padres. Um, so, great start. Um, I am a little worried about the Woody injury. Um, a little, some of my excitement has got zapped here a little bit. I mean, it, it sounds like he's going to be out two, three months. So, um, that's a big loss. They went through that last year with Freddie, and, and they couldn't recover. Um, so, there, there's going to be some regression. They're going to come back to, to normal here a little bit. But one heck of a start. Um, and let's see if they can keep it going. And go Bucks. All right, let's talk more about that Brandon Woodruff injury. He talked with 
uh, Adam McKelvey, Todd Rosiak, and those guys. Um, going to be a while before we see Brandon Woodruff on the mound again. This is from Adam McKelvey and his Twitter account. Silver lining that it's not surgical? Uh, yeah, and it also happened in the very first part of the season. If this was something that happened um, mid-season All-Star break, right before after that time, like it probably – I'd probably end up being done, to be honest, So uh, for the season. So that's a positive. And, look, it's just, you know, it, it's one of those things. It just is what it is. You deal with it. Uh, you, you try to be a great teammate every day because we're having fun. Like, we're, we're winning baseball games and we're playing good. So I want to be a part of that. It, it stinks I can't do it out on the field. Um, but there, there has to be – some way I can come to the field every day and, and, and try to help somebody out. So uh, whatever that looks like, just, just trying to be a good teammate and, and, and trying to help from the sidelines, that's what I'll do. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it, it stinks not being able to go out there and, and play and try to help because we're, um, we're a good team. So, um, But I will do everything possible to, to, to not, one, I'm not going to rush this. I'm not going to come back too early just for – to, for the sake of coming back early, that's not that's just not going to do anybody any good. So I'm going to take my time and listen to my body and, and um, trust the rehab process and just go through that and hopefully come back at whatever point that is throughout the season and then try to finish up strong. That's just a good teammate right there. That's just a good teammate. He's not going to Marcus Mariota or Derek Carr the situation and run off and hide if he's not playing. What he wants to be out there with his guys. And you got to respect that and appreciate that. All right, so Brewers hype, you know, knocked down a little bit because uh, Brandon Woodruff is hurt. But that's okay. We got Corbin Burns. Or uh, or do we? Corbin Burns in this game against the Mariners on Monday. Brewers win 7-3, by the way. Pinch hit home run from Bryce Terang. Uh, they sneaked some few runs at the end there. Rowdy Telez getting home. Uh, I mean, trying as hard to run as slow as possible. But the Brewers do get a win. Brett Anderson, some great defense from him, and a three of five night. He's hitting 298. Uh, so good start to the season for a lot of these hitters. I know the freshmen have cooled off a little bit, but good night overall for pretty much everybody, except for Bernsey, who after five and a third came up and was grabbing his pectoral muscle a little bit. Uh, this is how it went down on Bally Sports, Wisconsin. Burns is calling for the trainer, and you see him grasping at his chest as Dave Yeager and Craig Council both coming out, Chris Hook coming out. And Craig says, no, if you were feeling anything, get out. You saw him shut it down. So Corbin Burns is going to leave this game after just 85 pitches. So we'll find out. I'm. I'm. Uh, I don't know what Craig said afterwards. Uh, quite honestly, uh, I could have stayed up a little bit later and listened to Craig, but I, I had to watch Monday Night Raw before I went to bed. So the Brewers, though, they do win. They're twelve and five. They're two games up in the Central. If we're scoreboard watching already, but I think this is the time of the year where there's been a lot of excitement about the pitch uh, about the batting, and we know how good the pitching staff is. And now the pitching staff, the two guys, the two anchors of it, are down for the count. Woody's going to miss a considerable amount of time. And Burns, I think there'll be some, you know, panic, some let's wait and see. But any, any injury to him is, is not going to be good either. And so now they're going to have to have some of these guys, you know, either come up or maybe there's a move to be made. I don't know. But they got to figure something out here if Burns is out for a while. Brewers have been scoring runs. They've been keeping runs at bay, and now their two uh, horsemen uh, are are out. Uh, Woody for sure, and then we'll find out with Burns. The West Coast trip that never ends uh, will finally end this week. They are at Seattle again Tuesday night, 840 Central Tip, and then, uh, well, first pitch, and then 3 o'clock on Wednesday. Then they come home for a nice long stretch, and it's going to feel like 1992 all over again. Three American League teams in a row, Boston, Detroit, and L.A., a team from the East, a team from the Central, and a team from the West that hasn't happened since before they joined the National League. So 
It's going to be a fun week of seeing some of these other teams. And a lot of people are going to get out to the Boston series. Uh, going to try to get to that Wednesday game maybe for a little bit. Uh, if I can, I got to work later that night. And then uh, that series against the Angels, hopefully things line up. I haven't looked, but it nice to, it'd be nice to see Otani here pitch in Milwaukee. So that's where the Brewers are at. A couple of injuries, not so good. And we'll see how they can recover from that. Much more on the Brewers on tomorrow's show with Grant and Paul will do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, again, the Warriors down 0-2. Jeez. And the other game that was played last night in the NBA was the Sixers and the Nets. And I actually forgot to look at a final. I just assumed the Sixers won. Uh, and they did, 96-84. to So they go up 2-0 in that series. The NBA games that are in action tonight, I think we start to get a little bit more. There might be a game hidden on NBA TV. That's going to be Hawks-Celtics. That, I would be stunned if this series is not a sweep. Hawks are no good. Knicks and Cavs on TNT. Clippers and Suns as well. Looking forward to that one. Uh, So, should be a good night of basketball again. That's not my mm -hmm, mm -hmm practice for tomorrow's show with Paul and Grant. That's my, ooh, I just had a taste of that burger from OmahaSteaks.com. Mmm, that is good. I'm talking, of course, about what they've got with burger perfection and that flight. Go to OmahaSteaks.com. So it's a burger flight, and the burgers are essentially made from cuts of steak. So instead of steak, they made it into burgers. And there's filet mignon burgers, Delmonico ribeye burgers, New York strip burgers, brisket burgers, sirloin burgers. You can get those all. How how this promo code's been working with Omaha Steaks is you use my code after you get the package. So this package is $129. Code will give you $20 off free shipping. Uh, The same with the other bigger packages they have. Then use the code BART and you get money off of the packages. So not a bad deal, especially if you need some things to cook up this summer, whether you're starting to have your parties or whatever, get out back to that grill. OmahaSteaks.com promo code is BART. Got some more Carl's Place voicemails. And they're a little more wide-ranging than in the past. I am doing a great disservice to what I've been told is the greatest playoffs ever this is from friday i got a friday voicemail from matt in the falls hey bart uh me matt in the falls of course um we've got only a few minutes left in the nhl regular season here and i was just wondering um what kind of you know season wrap-up or stanley cup playoff preview uh you were planning on having um because you know, you could do a great job at that. Um, obviously, your Sabres didn't quite make it. Um, you guys were close. You know, you're on the up and up. You got Tage Thompson, so you'll hopefully get a good draft pick to go with him from, you know, your 10th in the East, I think, something like that. And, um, you know, there was really no hope this year. So, if, you know, you want to be on the outside, build around Thompson. Um, so you guys are on the up and up. Um, in the East, Bruins had an Unbelievable season. 65 wins. Um, just incredible. Simply incredible season. Um, so I think it's theirs to lose. You got Tampa that can come out of the East at any time. They've won several championships recently. I don't mean to do this, and I didn't intend to do this, but I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I don't even know what you're saying. Um, I don't even care. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm being a jerk, but I don't care. I try to care about the Stanley Cup playoffs. I don't like them. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like them. I don't like the Stanley Cup playoffs. I don't like them. They get in the way from the things I'm trying to watch. This is, I'm realizing this now. Hockey is fine. I don't like everyone telling me that the Stanley Cup playoffs are the greatest thing ever. I guess I would feel like how I tell people the World Cup's the greatest thing ever. It doesn't do anything for me. I got no one to root for. And every time that I go somewhere, like a bar or wherever, at this time of the year, I want to watch the Brewers or I want to watch the NBA playoffs. And when they show hockey on a TV, 
It just bugs the hell out of me. There's no hockey team here. The NBA team and the NBA. How are we not? How how are bars putting on hockey over the NBA or the Brewers? The whole reason I became a Sabres fan is because me and my buddy needed a team to root for because the bar we like to go to, a.k.a. that didn't charge us really anything ever uh, because our friends worked there. They always had hockey on. I'm trying to. I'm trying to watch the Brewers, April fifteenth or whatever. No, we got. We got to watch Bruins Caps. Why? Oh, because uh, Johnny over there's a big Bruins fan. Well, tell Johnny to go to fuck home. You can get the fuck out of my bar. Got another voicemail. All right, I'll try to do diligence to this one. Hey Bart, it's me. Um, didn't hear anything from you on today's show about. Um the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, so just checking in. Uh, Cup Quest for the Cup starts tonight. Um, we're about 20 minutes from the puck dropping in Dallas for um, My Wild. Anybody else who wants to hop on? Um, that being said, um, I'm a little worried about uh, Jeek's injury, but you know, Capper's off coming back. We should be good. Um, I don't even. I don't even. I don't. I don't even. I can't. I, I'm sorry. And I know that you love it. I know Matt loves hockey and he loves the wild. And he told me he can't find another person in this state that likes the NHL. And I think he's even going to go to one of these games in Minnesota. I just, I just, I'm not, that's not me. I can talk. I'll talk to you about everything else. USFL, XFL, MLS, women's college basketball, WNBA, NASCAR, the truck series. We'll talk some UFC. I think to welcome the NHL in my life, there's just too much. And I've tried many times. I've tried to do daily fantasy. I've tried to do fantasy. To, you know, I've tried every way to get me in. I've tried. I tried to like a team. I went to a game this year. I went to a Sabres game. I had a great time. I sat two rows behind Alan Lazard. Hashtag people forget. But I've got all, my brain is occupied. Maybe if I wasn't so occupied with Marvel. Uh, I'm up to Ant-Man, by the way. Daredevil season two starts uh, next. But I just, I'm, I can't do it. And I don't want to offend people that like it. But it's, it's just ain't for me. It just ain't for me, dog. I'm sorry about that. I'd literally watch everything else that is sports. I watch WWE. I watch AEW. I watch Impact. All the wrestling. I watch golf, majors and non-majors. I watch European soccer, all of it. I watch every thing. College basketball, to a degree. College football. I watch CONCACAF Champions League. The Olympics. It's just not happening. I wasn't, I don't have it. And I feel bad about this. I feel I feel like I'm letting the NHL down. But I didn't grow up with it. Never had a reason to care. I just do not care. I, and I know this is how people might feel about soccer and whatever, but God, I just don't care. If the NHL went away tomorrow, it wouldn't affect my life at all. At all. Not one part of me would be affected. Isn't that crazy to say about a big four sport? If you still want to call it that. Uh, let's see. I got a voicemail from Landmark. All right. Good afternoon, Bart. Is Landmark. Figured I'd give you a call just to check in. Um, you know, Brewers are looking good, as we talked about on opening day. It's going to be a little bit of up-down. There's been a lot of ups right now, so that's good. You know, not too worried about the Bucks just yet. But you know what this call is about, Bart. You may not want this content. You may not need this content. But brother, you're getting this content. Because this is the Milwaukee Wave postgame show, baby. Milwaukee Wave won their first series against the Utica FC. It went to the minigame, but they won 2-1. to one, And they are now in the Eastern Conference Finals. And they're probably going to host both games this week because the scheduling is ridiculous and no one cares about this week. But I just wanted to update you on that. Um, you know, got to go through the stuff with the Bucks from yesterday. But don't panic, everybody. Like Bart says, 
It's a long series. We got to stay with it. Stay with them. Bucks and six always. Talk to y'all later. Bye. All right. Give me, uh, if I'm wrong, Landmark, but from what I understand about the MASL playoffs for the Wave is that they play one game on the road and then one at home or vice versa, and then there's a little mini game that serves as like an overtime to settle a winner. But as you said, and as I see on the schedule, they got a Friday night game in Milwaukee, and then Sunday they play in Milwaukee as well. So they play the Baltimore Blast, so they don't go to Baltimore at all. That is kind of weird. And what you said, this league, nobody cares about it. The wave, the wave bothered me. They were such a big hit back in the 90s in the Bradley Center. I you know, came down for Fond du Lac a lot more wave games than I did Brewers games, honestly. And we were at wave games all the time. Did the wave camps. It was fun. And there was a crowd there. Now, even with this being the playoffs, I just that like nobody knows about them. Nobody knows that they're going on. They they have I I mean, who is advertising for them? Even like Admirals games, you get to on accident or you might trip and fall and then realize, oh, I'm at a milkman game. But it's like wave. It's like the wave. Try to be a secret like. There's a fire code there of 500, so they make sure that they never get that many people. And then I got a guy like Landmark, who's a season ticket guy who cares about this team, and I I love that, man. Here I am breaking down the wave more than the NHL. We try to be an equal opportunity employer. We really do. I'm happy to cover everything, uh, but the, the NHL is not it. So, Landmark, I need more from you. I need another need more info on, on what the fuck's going on with this with this league. And I think the problem that I have is the one year that I interned there was in 09, and it was the XSL, and it was awful. There were four teams. I mean, it was just like the, the fact that the waves still exist after everything they've been through, after indoor soccer changing and being flopped around and, and whatever, it really is a testament to the people that have tried to run this thing. The problem is... I honestly talked to someone the other day who is a soccer fan. I said something about the wave. They go, oh, they're still around? I thought they left in like 2000. The guy lives in Milwaukee. He's a soccer fan. He thought they were gone 20 years ago. Are they like only advertising in schools? What, how, what are they doing? Do, I don't know what you do, but do something. God, that, maybe that's my calling. Maybe I need to be the PR guy for the wave. Maybe I need to help them out. What a disaster. All right, uh, one more thing here. Jeff Zilgit, USA Today. This is also from Writer Than You, but it's good content. And we talked to NBA. And we talked a little bit about the playoffs and how they're taking shape. And then also, one of the things I've been talking about, it's very interesting what I find myself talking about nationally. You know, you just try to find stories that uh, are are more like approachable or maybe whatever. It's hard to dissect the Milwaukee Brewers, but you can talk about baseball on the pitch clock. You know, it might be hard to dissect the Portland Trailblazers run to uh, mediocrity. But this Dallas Mavericks thing, I hate that they were fined for what they did. They tanked. Everyone tanks. Half the league was tanking but when Dallas did it, it embarrassed Adam Silver. So I talked about that and some other stuff, Bucks-related as well. Jeff Zilgit, NBA reporter for USA Today. We are joined by USA Today NBA reporter Jeff Zilgit to the program. And, Jeff, thanks for being here. I'll start with just, you know, all these game ones have happened. We're going to see a couple game twos tonight. Is that I, I'm, and I'm a Bucks fan, okay? I'm in Milwaukee. You just heard I'm a Bucks fan, and... I feel like a couple of summers ago I had to tell people it's going to be okay. There's ebbs and flows to these series. Is there a series, though, that in game one you think of it differently than you did before it started, or are we not at that point quite yet, Jeff? Yeah, I think we're getting there. Look, four of the eight playoff series, the the lower seed won games. Now, you can chalk it up to a variety of things. You you know, Giannis's injury uh, and not playing the rest of that game impacted it uh tyler hero's injury will impact that series moving forward as well um it's probably the the lakers grizzlies is one that's at the top of my list i know that's not a typical two seven series that's more like a two three or a two four when you think about the way the lakers played post all-star break post trade deadline 
with their new acquisitions. And, and now all of a sudden they're playing with a lot of confidence. Uh, and, and again, we're starting to see injuries shape a little bit of the postseason. Um, and John Morant, we'll see what the deal is with his right hand in Memphis. Uh, that, that could be really devastating to the Grizzlies. And, and then to your point about, you know, a couple summers ago of, you know, let's just let these series play out. Um, when I take a look at the teams that are down 0-1, I'm probably less concerned about the Milwaukee Bucks of the teams that were the higher seed, um, given that Milwaukee was in this similar situation a couple years ago against the Atlanta Hawks in the Eastern Conference Finals, and they won games five and six without Giannis. Um, and, and I think they're capable of, and that's, you know, I don't have inside information here, but they probably rested or made sure Giannis is going to be healthy because his long-term availability is more important. And the Bucks probably feel they can beat the Miami Heat uh, even losing game one. Yeah, the Bucks have been a team that under Mike Budenholzer in game ones uh, in the playoffs are five and seven. They've lost a lot of these yeah. games. Uh, they were down 0-2 the year that they won the finals to the Suns and the Nets. And those are much better teams. Uh, than this Heat team. I think if the Heat were actually good, uh, they would have won by like 35 points. But that game was still pretty much, you know, it was, it was still in question for a while. So I, I do agree with you on that one. I, I'm i I'm kind of like, I'm really intrigued with the West because, and I think this shows maybe with the playing tournament or they expanded the playoffs a little bit, where the NBA is kind of like taking a page out of baseball, where it doesn't, it doesn't so much matter what you do in the first half of the season, as long as you get in and have a team that's healthy and you've constructed, because if you look at these seeds, yes, there's a two next to the Grizzlies and there's a seven next to the Lakers and there's a six next to the Warriors, you know, and there's a four next to Phoenix. But I think some of these teams like that have lower seeds, I, before the playoffs, I said it'd be the Warriors, Suns or Lakers. And I put them over the Grizzlies, the Kings and the, uh, nuggets. So massive disrespect for me, but I think the seeding, the number next to your name in the West matters as little as ever right now. Well, and Bart, we started to see some of that throughout the season when we looked, look, Denver had been in first place since December. So, and let's take them out of the conversation a little bit. And Memphis was on a roll until, you know, jazz off seat or off court issues sort of disrupted their season. But when you take a look at teams, you know, sort of four through 12 in, in the West, they were really separated by about four games or five games for a good portion. And if you go, you know, four to 10 or four to, you know, nine, you, you know, the separation was even less. And so a lot of those teams were equal and a lot were circumstances too. LeBron James was out for a little bit. The Lakers were working on improving the roster. Uh, Phoenix goes out and gets Kevin Durant and, Golden State Warriors played, you know, what final 25 was about third of the season without Andrew Wiggins. And, you know, I'm never going to discount teams that are loaded uh, with a Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Kevin Durant. Then you have a LeBron James and an Anthony Davis. And then you have that Warriors team. You know, why would you discount a team that has four championships in eight seasons, one last year, and when they're playing their best, they're as good as any team in the league. And, and even the Clippers, when you take a look at, you know, I know Paul George is out, but, you know, they didn't have a full roster all season for a variety of reasons, injuries, not playing Kawhi and Paul on back-to-backs sometimes. Um, but those are really, really good squads. And that's why, you know, I, I think when the playoffs started, Bart, I said this, that, and I think you're in agreement is that the, the West provided more opportunity for chaos then the East. Now we'll see what happens again with the Milwaukee Heat series. Not all that worried. And then Brooklyn, I'm sorry, not Brooklyn, um, but the Cleveland, New York series is intriguing to me as well. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about that. So I guess I will. Uh, Jeff Zilgitz here with USA today, the Knicks Cavs series. I think, you know, filling out my little brackets on NBA.com or whatever. I put Cavs in six, um, but the cat, I, I, that might be a series that I'm swayed by game one a little bit. I, I think that ultimately, if Giannis is healthy, you know, whoever wins a series is going to lose to the Bucs. But I think that we could have, if we look back and rank like the top three series in the entire playoffs, this could be one of them. I'm, I'm really captivated to see how the Cavs respond in game two. And, and to that point, too, how the Knicks respond. 
Yeah, well, look, Jalen Brunson, and we all know what an acquisition it's been, but in the second half of that game, he really got to his spots um, offensively and dominated um, that game. I know Julius Randle also had a good game, and you know you get a good performance from Josh Hart, which you're probably not expecting. Uh, but the one thing is, and it goes both ways, is that the Knicks have been a pretty decent road team, and the and an okay home team, but the Cavaliers have not been a very good road team. Uh, not the worst road team in the league by any stretch. Uh, but now they're going to have to win a game in Madison Square Garden um, one way or another. And, and that puts a lot of pressure on the Cavs to get game two uh, to take a, a little bit of that off. And, and Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland were fine enough offensively. You know, Donovan has his 38 points. Evan Mobley needs to be much bigger offensively. I think four for 13 from the field. He had some offensive boards um, and and just needs to be better and help them. Jared Allen ended up with a a fine stat line, but they need more from Mobley. um, And Mobley needs to be a little bit better defensively um, as well. I know they scored and the Knicks had, what, 101 points. So it's not like they were an offensive powerhouse, um, but – that's what the Cavs rest their hat on is that defense. And so I'm really looking to see what Evan Mobley does specifically in game two. Talking with Jeff Zilgit, talking some NBA and one of the things that came out of the first weekend of playoff games with all the game ones is, you know, there's some injuries. Giannis got hurt and John Morant got hurt and it's these block charge situations and everybody's trying to figure out like what the best way to incorporate that rule is. I I'm at the point where, I look at sports, and a lot of these sports that we're playing, the rules were invented 100 years ago. And so you do have to make changes a little bit. Like baseball, 100 years ago, nobody was thinking of even throwing 85 miles an hour. Now everyone throws 100. And in basketball, the kind of athlete that's playing these games is a lot bigger, faster, stronger than the ones that we had when it was uh, you know, through the peach basket. I just Where I'm at right now is... I, it just looks silly to me. The whole stepping in front of someone and taking the contact, it just looks silly. I don't know how you ban it necessarily, Jeff, or, or don't have the rule, but there is like a factor of this is a weird thing that I see in these games. Tough one, Bart, because I don't know how you ban it. We see too many players, you know, lower their shoulder and barrel a guy who is in pretty sound defensive position. I think the thing, the the charge block one that bothers me more is when the offensive player is already into his move and and lifting off the ground, going into the air, and then a player slides in and somehow he's got position. Um, The offensive player made his move first. You know, he's not like a, a, some kind of airborne device that can just zoom around the defensive player. And, And I think that's, maybe where I have the biggest issue with the block charge and, and trying to do something about it. I don't have the answer um, right here, but we are going to encounter situations combining all the things you just mentioned about the, the speed, power, and athleticism of today's player. And we're going to end up with, you know, even more serious injuries than we're seeing. Again, I don't have an answer sitting here at my house today, um, but it is something that whether you're watching high school college or pro ball you start to see the defender do these things and they by and large they know they're going to get a call as long as they're outside the little dotted arc there under the restricted area and you know I'm with you on that and and yes uh, you know I still think there's a place in the game for a charge somewhere in offensive fouls you know another thing that's bothering me let's just let's just uh, vent a little bit this this maverick situation um I'm bothered that the NBA is bothered by it. I get it. Like, it, so the Mavericks, if you guys, you guys all know the, the last week of the season, they just decided that's when they decided to tank. They were the fourth seed at one point. They trade for Kyrie. Then they realized this draft, you know, is protected this pick and they decide to tank on a Friday night um, and then sit everybody down and, and they decide, but they did what was in the best interest of their franchise. I think they're not going to make the finals. They're not going to go that far in the playoffs. I think that they essentially got fined because Adam Silver was embarrassed. So I think, like, I don't like that they had to do what they had to do, but also I don't like that the draft is set up where in American sports the 
you can tank. Like, I don't like that you get rewarded for having a bad year. You know, the Spurs tanked all season. They're not getting fined anything. They're getting, they could get the number one pick. I just, I'm really bothered that uh, the Mavs got fined. Yeah, so the uh, the Portland Trailblazers rested a healthy Dane Lillard for, you know, the, the final couple weeks of the season or whatever it ended up being. Teams do this. I think it was the blatantness, the blatant, you know, stick in the eye um, to the process. Uh, it, it's funny, Bart, I have a, a attorney friend of mine call. He's angry that more wasn't done for the Mavs. And, and then I have another <laughs> friend calls and, you know, says, uh, they shouldn't have done anything to the Mavs because other teams – are doing this, um, you know, the attorney friend makes a point that says, you know, when, when the Knicks and the Mavs made that trade, they entered a, a, a contract and, you know, the, the Knicks were assuming uh, that the Mavs were going to try their best this season. And, but the other aspect of this here, and this is why I tell my friends who are angry about not being enough done is, is that there's 29 other owners, Bart, who didn't want Adam Silver to go any further than he did because they might be in the same situation at some point. And, and I think that's what it comes down to is owners don't want to be in the business of having the commissioner take away first round draft picks in these situations. When it goes to the point that you just mentioned, the Mavs were probably doing what's best for their franchise. Um, at the end of the day, the fine, while, you know, obviously significant, you know, number wise to, the average person, it's not that big of a deal to the Mavericks. And so, it, it, you know, it's a superficial fine. It makes the point, hey, we don't like what you did. And yet, you know, there was also ultimately no harm, no foul, because the, the Mavs get to keep their pick uh, if it falls inside the top ten. Very weird stuff. Uh, but, hey, the NBA always providing drama in every situation possible. Jeff, appreciate your uh, work, your insight. We'll make sure to connect again. Enjoy the rest of these playoffs. Take care, Mark. There it is. Another fantastic show in the books. Thanks to Jeff Zilgit and Sparky for joining me on this podcast and this podcast alone. And thank you to you for listening. Tomorrow's show will be mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Paul Emig and Grant Bills. So we'll certainly talk some bucks. And Paul did text the both of us and said that he has one topic in particular I think you'll both really like to discuss. I may not be able to sleep tonight in anticipation. Bart Winkler Show. Check us out, bartwinklershow.com. Thanks to our guys at Sun Ant Interactive. If you need help with the website, you've seen what they do. They they made me look good. You can see what they'll do for you. Bart Winkler Show. Uh, I guess I've been saying love you all lately. Maybe that's my tagline. Uh, So, yeah, maybe not.